and he looks at the camera and he says, thank you, Mom. <laughs> hi, Mom. Yeah. They never say, hi, Dad. They always say, hi, Mom. You know? Yeah. So it's like that we, we get left out sometimes. Mm. But on July 5th, 1908, it was a West Virginia church. They sponsored the nation's first event just to honor fathers. On a Sunday sermon in memory, and this is why they did it, in memory of 362 men who had died the previous December in an explosion at a coal mine. This was a one-time commemoration. It wasn't an annual holiday. They just wanted to have a Father's Day for those men who died. Well, it got when the next year in Spokane, Washington, a woman by the name of Sonora Smart died. One of six children raised by a man, a widower tried to establish an equivalent, an official equivalent day that would come close to, to Mother's Day for the father. She went to local churches, YMCA, shopkeepers, government officials. She tried to drum up support for her ideal, and it caught wind, it was successful. Then Washington State celebrated the nation's first statewide, it was just in one state, uh, Father's Day celebration was July 19th, 1910. So still the fathers didn't, they, they didn't rate yet. <clears throat> but on July that, that day, the U.S. state of Washington proclaimed the nation's first Father's Day. Then it wasn't until 1924, President Calvin Coolidge urged state governments to observe Father's Day. He didn't make it official, but he told all the state governments, hey, why don't you guys observe Father's Day? Now, you would think, yay, <clears throat> but at that time, the men, there was a different mindset for men. The men didn't want it. In fact, they hated the day. They didn't want to have a Father's Day. One, one historian writes this, the men scoffed at the holiday's sentimental attempts to domesticate manliness with flowers and gift-giving. They didn't want to follow, they didn't want to stinky flower, gifts, you know, they were man. Yeah. Right? Then he also said they, they, they derided the proliferation of such holidays as a commercial gimmick to sell more products, often paid by the father themselves. So they just thought, this guy's just trying to get more money out of my pocket. Can, can you relate to that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the depression came in. And it, it just wiped out the efforts to make Father's Day a, a commercialized holiday. It just killed it. So what happened sometime later, stores, struggling retailers, JCPenney, other places, and advertisers, they redoubled their effort to make a Father's Day. They wanted it to become a second Christmas for men. Father's Day. So the men were kind of right. They wanted a time where they could spend more money. Promoting, the, and this is what they wanted. Hopefully, Father, they would promote more goods such as neckties, hats, socks, pipes. Well, we can't do pipes anymore in this neighborhood. You know, Got to kill the pipe, remember? And they had tobacco. They wanted to sell golf clubs, another sporting goods. So they were trying to do that through Father's Day. When World War II began, advertisers began to argue that celebrating Father's Day was a way to honor the American troops and to support the effort. So now Father's Day took on a different meaning. It's to honor the troops, but we'll call it Father's Day. Not until 1972. And I, I didn't realize that. I was 12 years old. 
58 years after President Woodrow Wilson made Mother's Day an official day, 72, 58 years later, Father's Day became a nationwide holiday in the United States. So really, relatively recently, and it was because, this is why, politics plays. In 1972, in the middle of the re-election campaign, President Richard Nixon, trying to get more male support, signed a proclamation making Father's Day a federal holiday. Now, today, economic estimate, economists rather, estimate that Americans spend, check this out, more than one billion each year on Father's Day gifts. Now, that's not a bad thing. It keeps the economy going, keeps things rolling. It's a good thing. Enlarge your, 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 your footprint, eh? your local food, that's what you need to do. So there are more than, there are more than 70 million fathers in the United States today, or is there? That's my question. So what makes a father? Well, of course, you've got to start with children, right? A male can have physical children, but that does not necessarily make them a father. Well, a father is far more, more than that. To the fathers play a very vital role, and although we honor our mothers, the, 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 the crucial work of a father is great. Here are some small samples of what good fathers or good husbands do for the relations. When a, when a father is doing well and is in the family, check this out, this is for wives. The wives are healthier, wealthier, and happier than single or divorced women. That's it. Fact. Two, the daughters are less likely to have eating disorders when there's a father in the home. The daughters are less likely to be satisfied with their appearance. They have behavioral problems. Daughters of men who have, or rather women who have no dad at home, or daughters have no dad at home, far more will have children out of wedlock or suffer depression. The third thing that fathers do, their sons are less likely to drop out of high school. They're less likely to get in trouble, to drink in excess. They're less likely to go to jail. So, and you add to that, this, here's the fact, 75% of all prisoners in prison today come from a single parent household, predominantly single moms. So when you have a single mom, the likelihood of your child going to prison skyrockets. That's how important fathers are. Now, you talk about children, a man not only should have natural children, but I think even to a greater extent, they should have spiritual children. Now, it could be that your child, in the, like my son, could also be my spiritual son because he's grown in things of the Lord, but that doesn't always happen. Well, see, one of the things that God tells us 
is to be fruitful and multiply. Not simply to make natural babies, but to be fruitful and multiply to make spiritual ones. And that's what Paul said, called Timothy, my spiritual son. Why? Because it is the spiritual son that will live forever. To when we die, there's no longer the like children, kinship, mother, father, we're there, we're all gonna be worshiping the Lord. It is the spiritual man, the spiritual woman in you that makes it to heaven. So if we're talking eternity, not to minimize our parents, of course not. But when we're talking in the scope of in the scope of eternity, it is the spiritual child that is very important. So a man should have spiritual children. 1 Timothy 1, 1 through 2. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the command of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus our hope, to Timothy, my true child. In Titus 1, 4, he says the same thing. My true child in common faith. Grace, peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Savior. So what we're talking, when I look at Father's Day, I look at not only our fathers, but our children, yeah. our spiritual children. Now I'm blessed, I have spiritual children. I have some that still call me their dad and some that have gone astray. But nonetheless, they get out there and they go, go anywhere they want. Like, well, you can have many teachers, but you only have one father. Yeah. Yes, you can. So what makes a spiritual father? Now, when you talk about a father, you know, if you grew up in my neighborhood, there's a form of address usually used by the Catholic lady to address a period priest, right? What do they call the priest? Father. I remember I had a guy come to our church because I was a pastor. He kept calling me father. Why? What is he? You know, because I, I guess he grew up Catholic and he thought I was the father. Amen. <laughs> the early Christians frequently called their spiritual leaders father. My father. And when we do it in Victorich, we do it all the time. You know, my, my spiritual father. We look at Pastor, I look at Pastor Sonny, and I look at Nick, I call Nicky my spiritual grandfather. He don't like that because it makes him look older. <laughs> but Abba, a child's word for father in the Aramaic, is Abba, my father. The word Papa, everybody ever forget called Papa? Somebody come pop, Papa? That's a child word for father in classical Greek. It actually is the root of what we get the word for, for the Pope. In fact, all bishops were once called Pope from the third to the fifth century. If you were a bishop, they called you Pope. But it was after the fifth century, I'll give you history, after the fifth century, the title of Pope was reserved for the Bishop of Rome. So when you look at the Pope, he's actually called the Bishop of Rome. And he, he had a reserved title, the Pope, right? Or Papa, Big Father. In very recent time, Father has become a, a form of address for all Catholic priests and in the English-speaking countries, predominantly. This custom began in Ireland. The Irish brought that tradition of, of Father into the United States, and it spread. So it was the Irish who first termed the priest as their spiritual father. Hmm? This, this term became firmly established during the second half of the 19th century, Father. Since the 1900s, recently, all Anglican communion, that's the, the Protestant side of the Catholic Church when they split, they called their priest Father. 
Now spiritually, listen, I said all that to say this. The title of father does not make one a father. That's right. That's right. Not at all. Paul said like this, my true children. Why do you say true children? Because listen, there are some people that you may think you've led the Lord and they may appreciate you or whatever, but they're not your true children. Why? Because they didn't follow their father. That's the key. Huh? Does your, does your child follow you? Imagine how many, how many of us know of a father, a parent, or family who had children and just rebelled and did their own thing. Is that a true child? Now, it may be by blood. Is that a true child? That's a hard question to ask. The implication is clear that some children in the Lord are not true. That word true means uh, legitimate, genuine, own, or sincere. So Philippians 2.19, it's all turned there. And I'm close to closing, because I know we're hungry. After all that Hawaiian music. <laughs> Philippians 2.19. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon. So that I too may be cheered by news of you. Check this out, verse 20. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. They all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father, he has served with me in the gospel. It says there in verse 20, the first half, it says, are very rare, right? Are very rare, for I have no one like him. No one like him. It'd be like me having my children. If I could send my son and say, you know, I'm, I'm not going to work because my son thinks like me. He's going to do what he's going to do as if I were there because that's my true son. Hmm? Or would you send somebody and they don't care now that they're out of your tutelage, they do their own thing because you're no longer in control. Is that a true son? So you understand that there's their father's heart, verse 20b. It says, who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. He said, I have no one like him who would genuinely care about you. A son is a proven commodity. Proven. You, just because you're, you, you have the same last name doesn't mean you're a son. No, you, you prove yourself. See, sons should prove themselves to their father. Yeah. Yeah. Not just take it for granted. You have to prove yourself. I, I, I got your back, Dad. I'm with you. I'm going to help you. I'm not going to embarrass you. And that was a big thing when I grew up. Don't embarrass our name. And, and you know, one of the main things that kept me in check was I'm not going to embarrass my parents. I'm not going to embarrass my dad's name. This generation, they could care less about embarrassing it. As if they didn't live their life and forget my dad's name. It's too bad. Now, is that the child's fault or is that the dad's fault? We don't know. Every situation is different. But we're here to correct that. Amen. It shouldn't be that way. Right? right? So a son is a proven commodity. Verse 22, you know Timothy's proven worth. So yeah, as Paul described Timothy, 
What stands out is, is, is unlike others. He did not seek his own interest, but rather he focused on Jesus' interest. There's the key. Now, as a spiritual father, if you, and this happens, everybody has their own hidden agenda. I know that. But my sons will seek the interest of Jesus. If you're seeking your own interest, I'm here to say, you're not my son. No, because my interest is Jesus Christ. Amen. That's You'll know my son. And I pray that when you raise your sons, that they will not just seek your interest, but they will seek the interest of Christ too. Otherwise, they may be your natural son, but there's no spiritual son. Hmm. As Paul again describes Timothy, what stands out is unlike others. He did not seek his own interest, but rather he focused on the interest of Jesus. Timothy, as a son with a father, served Paul. Proverbs 15:20, as I close. A wise son makes his father happy. That's heavy. A wise son. What is a wise? Remember, I tell you the definition. What is the definition of wisdom? The definition of wisdom is not having a, a degree, not having knowledge. The definition of wisdom is a man or a woman who can learn from other people. You learn from their mistakes and you learn from their successes. So a wise son makes his father happy. Now, as I close. I had the uh, privilege of leading my father to the Lord, saying a sinner's prayer. Well, like my wife says, 2002, 15 years. Man, goodness. 15 years later, after his death. But when I go back in history, go back to 1983, I just met my wife. And somehow, and I find it later, my wife. I would come down to the living room, at that time there was only one TV, right? And that TV was set on a preacher by the name of Jimmy Swagger. I never, I, I was a sinner, I was a dope dealer, I was, you know, I wasn't going to turn on Jimmy Swagger and kill So I come down and that guy was on TV, and I would sit there and watch him. And that guy would preach, and he, 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 he had my full attention. And I, and I, I walked away from that thing.
I didn't, I reevaluated this. I really believe. Even in his not knowing about the things of God, my dad was instrumental in my salvation. I'm saying a lot right now. I never thought about that. But I, I was wondering, we're talking about it, and she goes, yeah, your dad always has to be spider on He did. I forgot all about that. So I just thank God this day that I can say that and share that with you. But I pray that if you're my son, that you won't just think of your own interests, but you'll think of the interests of Jesus Christ. And his interest is reaching the lost. Your friend. If every one of us just brought one person in, we'd be packed. It would fill up quick. And there's a lot of seed out there. And I, I'm blessed. Let me tell you something. I may not be at the end of the street, but I watch, I drive by. Like one night when you get out at night, I drove by, I seen him. I think I seen Robert out there. I think somebody out there. Right late at night, I was watching one circle. Why? Because you blessed me. When I see those videos of you guys praying, uh, the picture of you leading girls and guys to the Lord. The evidence of bringing people to the church that would never be in the church. Now listen, the reality, they may not stay. You may not stay. We hope you do. Now I'll tell you one thing. You'll, you will never be the same. This sermon, the Spirit of God, will haunt you till the day you give your life to Him. That He will take you with Him to heaven. If, he had, if either He comes or we pass. And that's the goal. That's my goal. That's what I've been doing in Colorado Springs for 20, 21 years. Same thing, nothing changed. Go to the streets, find somebody. It's hard to find normal folks to big garage because we're too crazy for them. It is. We try. We are pretty normal, but they don't believe us. We're pretty straight normal. We just love the gospel. And we believe everybody should live it. If that's crazy, well, so be it. I'm, I'm guilty. But I want to see people say it. Man. Those that hope, those that were lost, do not need to be lost anymore. So as a father, that would be the greatest gift for me, for you to bring somebody to the Lord. Whenever you're about right Every his body, every eye closed. Spirit moving and ministering in your life. I'm going to pray for my sons and daughters. You may have been with me 20 years, but this may be your first day here. But if you if you agree, if you understand what I'm trying to say, you may not understand all the the gospel, the scripture, but you you, you got the point. Your spirit says yes. Well, I want to pray for you. So I'm going to ask as we sing this song, that if you want me to pray a Father's Day prayer on your life, that you would come to this altar, the altar room.
Yeah. 